0: After a one episode hiatus, the boys are back again and this is our part 5 of the Dissecting Dark series. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys, this is Dark season 3 episode 5 and we are continuing with our Dissecting Dark series. This is going to be the part 5 and today we have joining us our very good friends Akash and Vaz. How are you both of you
1: doing?
2: Oh, I'm good. How are you guys doing?
1: I'm good too. It's good to be back again. Uh, I'm, I'm. Yeah, we missed you for... the last. Of... Because uh, things finally start happening in this one a little bit. Till the fourth episode, it's a lot of build up and lot of setting up the pieces. Uh, and yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's good to have both of you back, and uh, we really missed you. So <laughs> yeah, I think, I think with that said, we can begin with. Season 3, episode 5. Uh, but before we... Would you guys like to add anything from the last episode since both of you weren't there? And if you have any like special thoughts on any of the scenes, we could like cover it up first and then move on.
1: I think in that episode, we'll finally go back to 1954. I think that part, that era was not covered in the first three episodes. And uh, they really go deep into 1954 and uh, 2053 and 2052. We don't really see our uh, usual timelines for 87 and 2019, where a lot of stuff happens. So I think that episode was the final installment in setting up uh, everything needed for the last four episodes uh, before, the thing, before things start moving very quickly. And uh, I mean, most important revelation in that episode is that uh, Adam uh, and uh, Eva so Jonas and Martha are actually the are you can say the parents of almost everyone in this uh, in in this entanglement, you can say. Uh, we uh, finally think it's... <laughs> <laughs> and finally and finally the identity of uh, that uh, mysterious guy is also revealed that he is uh, their son. He is the he is the one. He is the origin. He is the knot that they have been trying to destroy. So yeah, Akash.
2: Yeah, I would uh, agree with Was here. I mean, this episode was uh, where everything goes beyond the tipping point. I mean, this is where it is perfectly set up for watch to follow, where they have given uh, us the introduction that okay, uh, that the origin uh, is born from uh adam and eva that is jonas and martha so i think uh yeah again there were some details that again build up uh, towards uh the next few episodes but the main reveal was of course the origin and now i think uh each and every episode they really accelerate towards the end so yeah it's going to be exciting from here yeah
0: definitely and like I agree with both of you and like sorry sorry for that Jada Pinkett Smith drop uh, <laughs> in. Every time I'm going to get into entanglement I just can't put
1: her out of no, my no, mind no. now. I, I, I thought of that word because of because of that, uh, that thing which is like <laughs> no, yeah, that's why I, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, with that said I think uh, this is a good point to start the episode and uh, like the title of this episode is Life and Death and the episode begins with a montage and we see Claudia burying Regina's body, and while Eva is speaking in the background, she says, "Why do we die? What is death? We are." And then we are shown Regina's uh, graves in both of the worlds—that is, Adam's world and Eva's world. In uh, the like in the next scene of the montage, we see Elizabeth holding the note which says, "Mom plus sister and the cave." Uh, and the, while Eva is speaking, that uh, could we escape if we knew when to expect it and. We all. Then again, just like uh, with Regina's grave, we also see uh, Elizabeth side by side, and the voiceover is also saying that is our de- is our departure predetermined, and are we part of an endless clockwork? We also see Peter and Elizabeth side by side. We have we all, and Eva is continuing to speak. Like we all have one truth in common: we are born and we die. Uh, then we move on to Katharina holding a picture of Ines and Mikhail, and the. Uh, Alt for Katrina looking down at her family picture then again both Katrina's are side by side and eva's eva like finishes off the montage by saying uh no much mat- no matter what we what path we take in between and something like that I've, i'm forgetting the end so yeah guys thought on it uh,
2: i think uh, the start of the episode was really beautiful because they plant that seed of thought in your head that can we cheat death? Is it possible to escape death? And uh, when they show uh, the beginning where I mean, as you said, the two graves of Regina, that again shows the fight that Claudia is leading. uh, And her main aim is to stop the suffering of Regina and to stop things that have happened to her. So, yeah, I think, uh, the episode starts off wonderfully, uh, by th- giving the thought that, uh, can death be
1: changed? I think, uh, exactly what they are, what they are looking for here in that scene. That is how they're initiating. I mean, they, even the, even the episode is called life and death. So I think this is going to be the theme of this episode, it seems
0: isn't it very hypocritical of claudia to actually start uh, caring about regina after she dies
1: yeah uh, uh, yeah it's an it, it's an interesting thought because regina wa- was uh, was a teenage girl it seemed that uh, claudia was always immersed in her work she was always at the plant and she hardly could give any time to the relationship and that was also the reason why it was so strained uh, regina also didn't have any father figure in her in her life so it was all the more difficult for her but i think that it was a feeling of regret that uh, came from there for claudia that that uh, pushed her towards towards uh, saving regina's life and also we know that she left regina in 1987 when the when the accident happened in 2020 and uh, she never really returned so regina was all by herself and uh, it was just uh, alexander by her side so there was a guilt feeling uh, about uh, all all that happened in those years, which uh, which uh, drives Regina here. Sorry, Claudia.
0: What do you mean, uh, Regina didn't have a father figure? She had Alexander. <laughs> that was her daddy, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, you can say uh, towards uh, after uh, after Claudia was gone. Yeah. <laughs> Akash, any thoughts to
0: add to it?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how hypocritical it is. But yeah, I see your point as well. Uh, Yeah, you're right that she was immersed in her work uh, in the early years of uh, Regina's childhood and maybe uh, in her teenage years as well. But uh, yeah, I I don't think that necessarily equates to the fact that she did not care about uh, Regina. Also, I think, the the way she was working at the plant i mean she from the beginning itself she had secrets to hide as Bernd doppler had even briefed her about so i think uh, those parts of her work also uh, played a role in distancing her from uh, her
3: daughter
0: those are those are also fair point but uh, yeah i guess that that's the reality of every single working parent that happens to have just one child so yeah, yeah guys so uh, I think we should tell our listeners what we have decided to d- do in this episode. Uh, what we have decided is that we are going to go character by character instead of like traveling multiple uh, timelines after each scene. So, what we are going to do is we are going to take one character and like uh, cover their arc throughout this episode and then we'll move on to the next. Uh, then we'll move on to the next character. Is that okay with both of you?
3: Yeah,
2: definitely.
0: Yeah. All right. So, like the first character that we are going to begin with is Charlotte. And we are right now in 25th September, 2053 mm-hmm. in Adam's world. And we see Adam and Charlotte out in the open. And Adam is basically trying to convince her that this is the right side and how, how they have to untie the knot, uh, untie the knot between Jonas and Martha so that everything like, so that everyone could be saved.
1: Yeah. So now we see that, uh, Earlier, we were not aware of the fact that who, who who all are working together in 2053 or 2052. Now we see that Charlotte is here after the incident at the plant in 2020. Adam is here and uh, we also saw Adam with Agnes in the previous episode. Adam is also working with Martha. Adam is also like apparently now working with uh, Elizabeth's the rebel group. So I think, I think Adam also, Adam has a task. For Charlotte also, as he had for uh, uh, sorry Agnes in the previous episode, and uh, mm-hmm. it seems that uh, Adam is on a more destructive streak here. Uh, Ava seems to be trying to keep the knot together or upholding the knot, while Adam is saying that uh, their world doesn't deserve to be saved any more than ours. So he has really broken bad here it seems.
2: Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, adding to this point, uh, as was said that he was more towards the destruction side. I think you can see a bit of hesitancy uh, in Charlotte as well, because uh, after uh, their conversation, like towards the end of their conversation, she asked Adam whether he will hold up his end of the deal. So I think there was that sort of hesitancy because of uh, what Adam has become. And maybe because Charlotte doesn't trust him completely
0: one thing to add is like adam is so good at manipulating people he should have been an army re- uh, recruiter during the world war two times <laughs> Like he gets everyone to buy his side of the story and so so does eva
2: <laughs> yeah also uh <laughs> this also goes on to show that he's a wonderful strategist so as you said yeah he should have been uh one of the high ranks uh, in the world war in the army.
1: He also, Maybe he was. <laughs> he also like dresses up yeah. in in very militarily military fa- uh, fashion. Like the kind of uh, the kind of uh, attire he wears seems very very uh, yeah. Also, uh, Adam is also like. I mean, Charlotte is also. Charlotte also has her apprehensions because she has seen all the three phases of uh, Jonas's life. She has. She has seen the. The innocence of that guy, and then stranger comes in in 2019, and he tells that all that stuff is happening. He talks about Adam. That Adam is the one who is trying to destroy everything, and this and that. And now she sees that he himself has become that. So, and and obviously it will be hard to believe that like, you have seen this child, you have seen this middle-aged guy, and now he is uh, he looks uh, very different from what he was. His behavior is very different from what he wanted. So it's hard for her to buy into into his philosophy and what he wants her to do.
0: Yeah, I think uh, we we should also say that like Adam also tells Charlotte that no matter what her path will always lead her to Adam and Elizabeth because time plays a cruel game. And yeah, and that's when he asks her if she has made up her mind. Uh. Yeah, so after this scene, we go back to nineteen eighty seven, and uh, we are still in Adams World, and we see a young, young Charlotte like enter Tannhaus's uh, shop, and she has a very innocent question about like, can we, can we reverse time? And uh, I think, I think I, I think that's when Tannhaus realizes that oh, like, she is old enough to really know the truth about her origin, about. About time about her origin and that's when she uh, that's when he reveals that she really isn't his granddaughter uh, and uh, like he all he then tells her how his son how his son his daughter in law and their uh, and their grand and their daughter uh, had an accident and uh, all like none of the bodies were recovered like the bodies of uh, his son and his uh, daughter in law were recovered but they couldn't recover the body of the baby and he also tells them like at the same night two women two women like showed up at his doorstep and they they were they had a bundle with them and that bundle was charlotte He, uh, he tells them that he tells her that on the day that he lost everything he also gained everything and from that point onwards his entire existence was for charlotte
2: Yeah, and also uh, despite Charlotte not being uh genetically linked to uh edgy tanhouse. uh this this scene i mean the initial scene where you said that she innocently asks him about uh, uh about whether we can change events in time or we can go back in time and change things so i think that was very important in uh, maintaining the consistency or the connection that the tan house family has had with the mystery of time or time travel so yeah so that way i think uh, it was a really good foundational scene uh, for Charlotte,
1: and it also gave it also gave him a sense of purpose. I think uh, since the body of uh, his his granddaughter was not found, and uh, now there is this uh, child who has been uh, put into his care. So I think that gave him a sense of purpose for him to like take care of her, and uh, somehow I mean that that grief of losing his son and uh, uh, daughter in law must have always been there but uh, this would have uh, mitigated a little bit taking care of her and uh, now now he realizes that she is old enough to be told the truth and uh, th-
0: like there could be so many adoption memes uh, made on this charlotte <laughs> so <laughs> after no, so after the truth is revealed to her she's like charlotte is in a disbelief and she storms out of the shop and we see her sitting at a bus stop and uh that's when uh like that's when a bus stops and a guy gets out of gets out of the bus and like we later come on to know that that is peter uh he walks up uh, like he walk. We walks up to her and asks her the direction to the town because he is going to like because he's going to hell cabin because his mother has died and uh, he has nobody else and uh Charlotte tell, like Charlotte t- uh, tries to discourage him by saying is that why are you going to Winden because Winden is a black hole mm-hmm. so yeah I think that's where their
3: relationship began
2: yeah, that conversation that they had at the bus stop was really nice where they showed that how uh, Charlotte and Peter, they grew close because of the complications that they've had in their lives. Uh, the the word, the keyword that they keep using in the scene is it's complicated. So I think it's, it's uh, poetic that complications are actually making them get close to each other and have a simple and elegant bond between each other. Also, uh, I'd like to add a side note to this, uh, I like we have to give big props to the casting directors because I feel uh, the young Peter in this case, he, he, he resembles uh, the older version of Peter quite well. Uh, I mean, uh,
1: his,
3: yeah, the, uh, the height. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, go this, this guy, the guy who played teenage, uh, teenage Peter is actually the son of the actor who plays the adult Peter
2: wow yes. i had no idea about this
1: <laughs> yeah and that's why we were able to uh, figure uh, out mid- these steps down from the bus that this guy is definitely peter
2: that's brilliant actually
1: middle-aged scarface and the old scarface like uh
0: the old and middle-aged region are also father-son real-life father-son yeah yeah
1: so yeah.
0: yeah in the next uh in the next scene we are like we are in eva's we are in eva's world, and uh, the police, uh, the police detective, or whatever role is in the police department, she uh, she has accessed uh, the police law, uh, the personal logs uh, right from nineteen eighty six and uh, uh, right from nineteen eighty six from Alexander Tiedemann, and uh, that's uh, that's when she comes to know that on the day of Mads' disappearance, Helge was working at the nuclear power plant uh, till six o'clock. And at six twenty one six twenty one p.m. in the evening, uh, Mads disappeared. So she tells Peter that uh, Helge somehow had something to do with Mads's disappearance. But like Peter is in like Peter scoffs at the idea. He says that Helge, Helge is not in the right state of mind at the moment, and whatever he says is
1: inadmissible, and we cannot believe what he says. And again, uh. She gets the records very easily from Alexander. Uh, again, we see that uh, Alexander cooperates uh, nicely with the with the investigation. He doesn't uh, create a lot of problems in giving them the records the, from the archives all the way back to nineteen eighty six. And uh, Peter obviously is in disbelief because Peter knows that um, the at least in twenty in the twenty nineteen incident, he uh, Helge was at home with them. Uh, despite his confession and he's completely convinced that at least at least in 1986 he must not have done anything but uh, that happened before he came to window yeah akash
2: uh, yeah and also uh peter he uh, scoffs at charlotte saying uh so you're actually believing ulrich here so uh i think yeah i think that That also shows uh, the the lack of belief that he has in Ulrich because I I guess, I don't think it's related to Charlotte uh, probably cheating on him with Ulrich but uh, it's because he knows that Ulrich is investigating a case about his brother and there could be uh, personal reasons involved in whatever Ulrich is thinking and deciding.
0: Yeah, but like uh, on a side note, who the fuck in their right mind decided to fuck Helge? And have his child. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah and uh we, 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 we apart know. from I think, that we I think I guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And apart from that, I'm also wondering how did they have a steady father-son relationship because Helge, he was already on a very low mental capacity and then suddenly his son pops up out of nowhere in front of him. So, and I don't know how that dynamic also
3: went.
0: Uh, I think this, this is a spoiler, but like Helge, Helge was attacked, like uh, we see, I think I think we shouldn't talk about it right now. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. That's
3: yeah. Uh,
0: so what what happens after this? I think is is this where Charlotte's arc ends?
1: Um. I think I, I think from uh-huh. here we go back to 2053 now, where uh, mm-hmm. where we where this scene switches from. Uh, I mean, in the previous scene when uh, Charlotte and Peter are actually arguing, uh, Elizabeth is listening to this whole conversation. And, uh, Peter also like, uh, <laughs> says that, uh, why are you speaking so loudly? She's not deaf. So She's this, not dead. <laughs> that, that was an interesting dialogue because like she is deaf and the other, other alternate world in Adam's world. So like this scene, this scene ends with, uh, ends on the face of Elizabeth. And then we go back to 25th, September, 2053, where the scenes, which is from, um, young Elizabeth's face to middle age Elizabeth's face and Adam is there. Charlotte is there. And. They are in front of their Dark Matter portal, and Charlotte and Francisca and Elizabeth hug together. And interestingly, again, they are the same age. So, like, the series has shown us, shown us, like, how fucked up it it would be to like meet your parent uh, who is who is the same age as you, or or how as a parent it would be very uh, weird to meet your kids who are the same age as you. And the three of them hug. So it looks like uh, one or two of them are going on to some kind of a mission. And then we see that uh, uh, Adam. Adam sees that it is time, and Francisca, you have to let them go. And uh, Charlotte and Elizabeth, middle-aged Elizabeth and Charlotte, get uh, suited up, and then they walk towards the portal.
0: Yeah, and it was also, I think, it was also because of because of their uh, reunion, which happened after a long time, because all of them went their separate ways during the apocalypse, and. Now that they were together, they again once have once again have to play their part in keeping the loop or destroying the loop. So, yeah, that was that was a nice moment between the three of them because they all they always uh in the first two seasons they always seem to have a very nice kind of relationship, very like lovable relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, no, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, they've seen each other after over 30 years. So, and uh, not just that, the last time they saw each other, they were very, very different from uh, when they saw each other again. So, I think that also adds up to the moment being really nice.
0: Yeah, I think, the, so, this this is the end for Charlotte's arc in this episode. Yeah. And now, we can start with Katerina. So... Uh,
1: yeah, this, this is where the shit goes down. <laughs> so, even this episode, I think, so, it starts with Katharina holding a picture of Ines and Mikkel, and uh, old world yeah. Katharina is just looking at her family picture. We see both of them side by side, so like at the beginning of the it is uh, a precursor that uh, we'll see something about Katharina go down in this episode, so, yeah. The scene so the so the next talk is about uh,
0: Katharina and Helene. We see Helene is going is going through the forest and she is probably going back to her home. She has a couple of grocery bags in her hand, and we see Katharina. We see Katharina is following her, and she she has a pocket knife of some sorts in her hand. She is following her because she wants the she wants to get the keycard from her to free Ulrich from the mental asylum. And at some point during, at some point during this interaction or at some point during this chase, Helena, Helene turns around and asks Katrina why she is following her. And that's when Katrina tells her that she needs her key card. But of course, Helene is not going to give up her key card so easily. And that's when like, that's when Katrina points the pocket knife uh, at her and tells her to hand it over. But when Helene, Helene refuses, she tries to go into her purse and take it out herself, and that's when Helene uh, takes hold of her hand holding the knife. Involuntarily, that's when Katrina uh, that's when Katrina says that mom, stop it, and that's when that's when Helene loses her shit. She's she's pretty scared, and she thinks like now that how can it be possible? How how can Katrina say that she is her mom? And she's uh, and she's so scared that she runs away from that interaction. And uh, Katrina starts uh, running after her. And while running after her, she fall, she trips down and loses her pocket knife. But uh, but yeah, finally, finally, Katrina catches up to her, and both of them both of them enter into a fight uh Katrina takes a takes a rock that was lying on the ground beside her when helene was trying to choke her and she hits her on the head and helene falls down and Katrina turns her back towards helene and goes through her purse to try to find the key card but helene is helene is okay that rock to her head didn't didn't make a dent uh didn't make a dent in her and she just like wakes up like nothing ever happened picks up the rock and bashes and bashes uh, Katrina heads in. She uh, she calls she calls her the devil and says that she finally got rid of her. She then takes some rocks from from the surrounding besides the lake, puts it in Katrina's bag, and takes Katrina's bodies down to the lake and drowns her so that nobody could ever find the body. Battle, I think, but I think it wouldn't be far off to call it that. So in the battle between Heli- uh, <laughs> Helena finally manages to kill off Katrina and then body right in the lake and yeah while in the battle the Katrina loses the no sorry Helena loses the Saint Christopher medallion that Hannah had given her back uh, back uh, in her childhood while she was having the abortion
2: so yeah guys go on. Uh, Yeah, so uh, this scene, it begins when uh, she tells Ulrich that she's going to be meeting him at this time and uh, helping him escape, but follows, I think like this scene is one of my favorite scenes over the entire show, Uh, not just because of the action that it provided, but also because of uh, the parallelism that they drew from uh, both the worlds. Uh, So she. not from wodeval but from a previous timeline uh so uh, she was trying to save Ulrich, the man that went to save his son and that sort of a damage to helge in the same way that uh Katharina's uh, mom uh Hannah, uh sorry uh, helene she smashed her face so i think uh, yeah the Sort of similarity that they drew over here was uh, really, really amazing that Katharina, she was trying to say, and died in the same way that, that caused early to be stuck in this time loop.
1: So yeah, adding to what Akash said, I think, uh, one interesting thing that I noticed in this episode was, uh, in season two, episode six, when the kids go to the league in June, 2019, where, uh the the jonas who came from the future meets martha and tells her that we are perfect for each other and don't uh don't believe anything else so before that scene when the kids go into the lake they discuss about the woman who drowned in the lake uh or or the or the ghost of the lake so now this scene shows us that it was actually katharina it was actually magnus and uh martha's mother who was actually that that woman who drowned in the lake and uh, uh this scene again f- introduces a familiar uh familiar uh trope or you can say a th- familiar theme of this uh series of parents harming their uh, uh kids or their kids harming their parents like claudia killed her own father now see uh, now we see that helene ends up killing her own daughter i mean she doesn't know it's her daughter but uh she is and uh the Saint Christopher's medallion now. So uh, the, there are a few artifacts in this show which have uh, had long chain of possession. It is something that has been traced from the beginning, like how time machine is being passed on from Adam or from Jonas to Claudia, and then from old Claudia to the young Claudia, and then that young Claudia using and giving it to giving it to Jonas to repair it. So this Saint Christopher's medallion, like, is bought by Aegon first. He gives it to Hannah. Anna gives it to a uh, uh, teenage Helene, and then Helene uh, loses it on the lake. And she's killing Catherine. It remains on that lake for years and years, and then it is discovered by Jonas, who gives it to Martha, and then from Martha it goes from some um, to someone else. So it's an inter- I mean, it's it ties up a lot of a uh, lot of interesting mysteries in this scene and in this episode.
2: Um, yeah. I... <laughs> Uh, I mean, Wazi uh, summed it up really well, uh, talking about how, uh, like, subtle things they are being passed on over various uh, time zones. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, this scene was, I mean, it was sad, but again, I I really loved this scene because of uh, the similarity between Ulrich stoning Helge and uh, Helene doing the same to uh, Katharina. So yeah, and I think from here when uh, Helene she goes back home, uh, I think yeah that that stuck in her head that uh, uh, Ka- the older version of Katharina maybe. Maybe it might be someone that she knows or even might be her daughter, but she wasn't uh, ready to actually believe that. But she did take out that frustration on her uh, teenage daughter. So, yeah, I think and she says the words that I should have made you gone away as well. So um, I think she had that slight... Uh, believe that maybe the two of them they have some sort of a linkage and I think that might be one of the reasons why their relationship uh, goes on to become strained as well
0: Do do you guys think that uh, Helene was able to kill Katrina so easily because she had years of practice beating down on young Katrina
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah entirely possible Uh, I mean also like Akash like Akash said that I should have gotten rid of you. She actually got rid of Katrina <laughs> in the scene before. So yeah, you did get rid of her. Congratulations.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't know about this point that Krishna just made because I don't think they've been practicing hitting each other on the head with such heavy stones and uh, being badly injured and then getting up and like uh, making a re- proper comeback as Helene did. I don't think that is practice, but it's just—I uh, don't know how to put it. It's just barbaric.
0: No, I mean, like in the sense, like uh, Helene's muscle memory took over, <laughs> and uh, the creator, <laughs> the the creators must have also got inspired from like Indian TV series where like the characters don't die even after falling off of a cliff or a cliff or something. And same way with her, she didn't die even after like getting hit on the head and she just like wakes up like nothing ever
1: happened. I think I think I have one thing to add here Uh, when Katharina hit Helene Katharina had it in her mind that Mm -hmm. it's actually my mother so maybe she wasn't that harsh with her but Helene had no idea that this is my daughter so she went all in she like went she like went like you go in a two-footed tackle I would say
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. also because she thought she was that ahead right so like she had to channel all her energy to kill the devil.
1: Yeah, she always, 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 always was biased against this woman. That oh, she is the one who marries uh, 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 old men and uh, and the psychos and all that stuff. So yeah, her bias also played a, a role in her hate.
2: Yeah, and uh, I think that's why this episode has great rewatch value because it has proper uh, UFC pay per view content. I mean, not just in this scene, but uh, also the one that we'll talk about uh,
3: later on.
0: And uh, the reason why she couldn't like hit her strongly is not only because uh, she was not only because it was her mother, but also because she didn't have any practice. Maybe, maybe she should have tried beating up her kids, and so that she could have prepared for this face off.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and and i think to wrap up this scene i think as soon as we see katharina dying uh Mikhail and ines arriving uh arrive at that residence once again and ines asks Mikael if she should make him some chocolate milk hot chocolate and Mikael uh notices the broken glass so it's like it was another sad sad conclusion to this scene that Katrina just missed. Uh, her son by one by one day
2: also in conclusion i can say that krishna is going to be a wonderful parent in the future
1: <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah so the the thing about uh Ines offering like Mikela chocolate milk of course she wanted to offer him some hot chocolate or something because she had to find a way to give her to give him some sedatives so like what better way than giving it in hot chocolate
1: yeah yeah i mean that was that was a modest operandi like she she all in previous season also it was shown that yeah she added some pills in that hot chocolate it was like really sad she trying to manipulate him in that manner and she again thought that we are back here maybe some Maybe some of his PTSD would return, and yeah, let me just drug drug the shit out of him again.
0: Yeah, by the way, like on the lo- uh, on the last uh, episode of this podcast, uh, I was trying to figure out like we like we see uh young Helen at the abortion abortion place at the Obandals, but mm. we really haven't shown that like who is the father or like who is the abuser, and like. So even if we even if we disregard that abortion, we also don't know the like identity of Katharina's father. So I was wondering whether like whether it was also a part of Adam's and maybe Eva's plans, so that uh, the interaction between Hannah and uh, Helene definitely occurred what do you guys think
2: about it also i think uh, the child that she had gone to abort she uh, that wasn't Katharina because uh, this was in the 50s so i think Katharina, she was born somewhere in between uh, 1952 and uh,
0: 86 no no I, i'm not saying like that was Katharina, but i'm just saying that she she had a teen pregnancy so i yeah. was i was wondering if she was abused by someone and like if that abuse was a part of a bigger plan of Adam and Eva so that Hannah and uh, Hannah and Helen do end up uh, meeting each other?
1: Uh, I, I don't think so but because that, that scene doesn't really have any major significance. The f- first first of all the thing is that Aegon and Hannah have never really interacted with Adam so far or Adam or any of their henchmen. And secondly the, uh, that that uh, Helene doesn't really. Uh, I mean, what I don't think they'll do that though, that they'll like abuse a, abuse a little kid and then to have to let this meeting happen because this meeting, the only significance of that meeting was the was the name for Katrina that that she got from Hannah, and the Saint Christopher's medallion. Apart from that, that scene doesn't really hold uh, much significance in uh, maintaining the continuum or the, maintaining the mod they are trying to
2: yeah i think uh, just, i mean krishna made me start thinking about this and uh, i feel that that scene was very important in the character development of helene because uh that clearly shows yeah. that helene had some uh difficult or maybe traumatic experiences in a very early phase of her life and when we see uh, the elder version of helene as a maybe as a single strong independent parent who is also really harsh on her daughter so I think like those experiences that she had in her teenage years, they amounted to what she late uh, what she became later on.
0: Yeah, also that's why that's why I think she uh, constantly kept referring to Katharina as a slut because uh, I think it stemmed from her abusive childhood, and she probably didn't want Katrina to make the same mistakes she did. So like she didn't really want her to get pregnant by Ulrich at that age or something. Yeah,
2: absolutely, that's a great point.
1: Yeah, true. Maybe, maybe she, did, she didn't want uh, Katharina to go through what she herself went through at that uh, uh, at her age. And like she was, she was a very little kid. Like she wasn't even a late teen of, of like 17 or 18. Like she's shown like a really really like young girl, like maybe 12 or 13 in that scene. Mm-hmm.
0: And we also see her, the religious background she came from because she mentions to Hannah that uh, all the little all the kids uh, who get aborted are sent to hell or the people who abort their kids are sent to hell and uh, that is also like a huge a huge part of her character because like uh, the mention of uh, devil and uh, how she immediately softened up when Katrina mentioned about the saint christopher's med- uh, necklace
2: Yeah, also, I think uh, that that conversation between Helene and Hannah, that was very important in probably setting a a belief system in uh, Helene as well. Because when uh, Helene, she says, she talks about, uh, I mean, the devil and hell and all that, that time, Hannah, she uh, disagrees with her and she says that hell is what we make over here. Uh so I think that sort of it put a belief system in Helene. And, you know, when she's beating up uh, teenage Katharina, she says these words that uh, you're not worthy of the name I gave you. So I think that she she holds that name Katharina in a very high regard because Hannah disguised as Katharina uh, plays a very pivotal role in uh, setting up a belief system in her.
1: Well, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like, uh, I think it's a it's a great point. Like, she didn't really know what Hannah's history was, what that woman's history was. And she really thought that uh, she, uh, I, mean, I mean, you can say that she was the one of the reasons for her initial initiation into a religious way of life, maybe. Uh, although she she did have a she did have previous knowledge of St. Christopher. Uh, but yes, she she then thought that yeah I shouldn't have given Katrina that name because that woman who was and like sometimes you have those little interactions with people who just you just don't meet again and you almost almost feel like they were some sort of angels or uh, some sort of people. So yes, that was the thing I think. Yeah. Uh,
0: so like for Helene, uh, Hannah was the angel and <laughs> Katrina was the devil in real life.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can see that yeah two different i kind think, uh,
0: think we spent enough, enough time on this arc and i think we should get a move on yeah
1: yeah i think next should be uh, elizabeth in 2020
0: so we see we see young uh, elizabeth and peter heading towards their like doing their daily routine of going to the like to the site where the dead bodies are found or where the lost lost and found for human beings uh, section is kept uh, but Elizabeth refuses to go along with Peter she tells him that like they are gone either they are gone or they are dead so like she doesn't want to do this anymore and she leaves from there but like uh, Peter instead of going along with her he goes on he goes on his own uh, routine and we see Elizabeth returning to the trailer park where trailer where they are staying and uh, there's a there's a middle aged guy inside the inside the trailer and he's uh, he sees Elizabeth and he immediately like ties her up and this was this was a very intense scene and I think there's no like no correct way of saying it but like he almost tries to rape her and I think throughout this whole interaction I think this was one of the most like very, very gritty scene, very dark scene, and uh, like, and that, all this time I thought that, that uh, young Noah's young Noah was going to come and save her because, like, we had seen in the last episodes where young Noah had told Peter that he will always, uh, he will always save Elizabeth, but instead of Noah, we get Peter and uh, the old, the old age, the uh, middle aged guy and Peter. Tried like the Peter tries to save Elizabeth and uh, they get into a fight and during this fight, uh, the guy kills Peter and Elizabeth like Elizabeth uh, picks up a fire cylinder or something and then like kills the Middesh guy and then goes on to goes on to the cave uh, to wait for no covered in blood and she's very scared and
1: alone.
2: Yeah, but. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Noah also said that uh, Peter will die so uh, I think yeah I was expecting Peter to come here because uh, Noah he would be uh, Elizabeth's savior but I guess that would be obviously post uh, Peter so yeah I I did expect Peter to walk in over here Uh,
1: also I mean yeah I mean this, this entire scene was can be a little triggering for all the all the victims, yeah. you know, sexual abuse and sexual violence, and and especially minors. So, but but yeah, I mean, this was a, I mean, when she walks in into that trailer, you know that something bad might is going to happen here. Uh, it also like shows how how uh, animal instincts of uh, human beings take over in ter- in times of war and disasters, and famine and drought. Like he's first of initially he's just scavenging... At their home for, uh, for some food. And then he says that it has, I don't even remember the last time I had a hot meal. And then after like he's done eating, like you, you see the, you see the lecherous look in his eyes. And yeah, I mean, Peter walks in and he gets, he gets killed in the, in the process of trying to save Elizabeth. And for Elizabeth, this is another, another uh, traumatic incident. She's already almost, she has almost given up. Looking up, looking for uh, Charlotte and her uh, Charlotte and Francisca. and now we see that even Peter has died. Uh, and uh, like 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 Noah had Noah had already said that I will protect you when when you die, and Noah has always been there in Charlotte's mind since the beginning. Now, in the even in the beginning of the episode, we see her looking at that note he she exchanged with she exchanged with Noah since Noah does not know the sign language and uh, again like ultimately she ends up ends up there in the cave because now uh, she has no business staying there in the trailer park uh, trailer, in in that trailer and, uh, and again like akash pointed it out uh, from Kat, uh, Helene killing killing know, also again you see a character sitting on the chair of some other character and then just bashing their head with some stone or some rock or uh, you can see a fire exting- extinguisher or something or something in this case
2: yeah, I, I think was summed it up perfectly, uh, summed the scene up perfectly. But also uh, when this middle-aged guy, he is scavenging for food and uh, later on, like when he ties Elizabeth up and he is uh, eating food, I guess, soup or something. So at that moment, yeah, of course it was really intense and I was hoping that, okay, this is it. I mean, he is just looking for food in such hard times and that would also be a tad bit understandable. I mean, his actions, maybe they were out of desperation. But yeah, what followed, as Vaz said, is of course really triggering and hard to watch. And uh, in fact, I wanted to ask you guys as well. Uh, do you guys think that he was uh, trading those lecherous looks and uh, when he went on to do what he did? Uh, do you guys think that he did this because he started realizing that Elizabeth is deaf and maybe and uh, deaf and mute and she wouldn't uh, shout for help if he went on to do what he did?
1: Do you want to take this uh, on? I I I don't really think so. I mean, it 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 could just be a case that she was just uh, quiet and scared of the guy. It is it is understandable. I don't think that makes, makes much of a difference. I mean, I mean I, I just don't really want to overanalyze on on this kind of yeah. scene here. But I mean, he was a burly big man and uh, she was just a little kid. So I I don't think that had anything to do with what he did.
2: Yeah, and also thankfully, uh, Peter, he entered at the right time and he stopped it from happening. And uh, of course, the the scene between the man and Peter was probably the most intense scene over the three seasons that we've seen. And yeah, of course, Peter died at the end of that as Noah predicted, so I was expecting that. But of course, it was uh, really sad. Uh, to see his demise being this way, protecting his child, which is uh, not, I mean, which is quite opposite to what we've seen with other parent children relations in the show. And at that point, I was really, really scared for uh, Elizabeth. But what followed was extremely exhilarating and liberating that she picked up the fire extinguisher, she fought for herself, even though that was a really traumatic experience. And uh, like she shouldn't have gone through what she did but uh, at the end she did win over it and so that that there was a positive end to it and uh, it was really good to see in a way
0: fighting fighting is some fighting is something we would not necessarily relate with peter's character in this universe because in this universe he's always he's always seemed to be very like for the lack of a better word, he always seems to be very soft and like even in their relationship, Charlotte seems like the man because she is like a police officer. She's obviously, she obviously must be trained in hand to hand combat, but that everything, all of those consider uh, considerations go right out of the window when it comes to protecting your child. And he did what most parents would do, maybe except for Helene, but, uh, yeah so he took over but uh, in the process he got killed so yeah that was that was pretty sad but like yeah. you know, one thing one thing i'd like to add and that i uh, like i really i really hate victim shaming but maybe just maybe if elizabeth had stayed with peter he wouldn't have died you know just saying
2: yeah i agree but i mean absolutely no one could have predicted what happened later on you know
0: yeah, i mean noah could have predicted
2: Yeah, but I guess this part, even though, however, tragic or traumatic it was, no one knew that it was important for uh, the loop to continue. So yeah, you wouldn't come and stop that.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I I just go back and think that, okay, this thing was meant to happen. It it wouldn't have happened any other way. That's how this show has always been that uh, no matter how hard you try to change things, the things stay the same. So yeah, I mean maybe could maybe it could have happened, but uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Poor Elizabeth and, like no Noah Noah that motherfucker was always so smart. He was he was grooming her right from the moment they were in the bunker together, like giving her those looks and like telling her telling her where he lives right before Peter is killed, uh, a couple of days or maybe on the same day.
1: Yeah, maybe he should have helped help her try to help her and uh, try to save Peter, but uh, no, he just la- let Peter die. Mm-hmm. N-
0: Noah had that burn Doppler type beat.
1: <laughs> 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 we uh, we discussed in the last episode, yeah. And I think I think the I think important thing to notice is that right now uh, this Noah guy is not called Noah actually; he is So at, at at this moment. I think he was Christian Noah later. Do you think
0: he was Christian Noah like after? Because when when he came to uh, when he came to and he was uh, like in the newspaper clipping we saw that he was Tauber. Yeah. So you think it half uh, it happened after that, or um, was he just using Tauber as a like? I for,
1: I think. Uh, I think we will be able to explain this more in episode seven. I know exactly the point where his he was, uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think we should take up take this this up in episode seven. All right. Any anything else to add to this or no? I I think this starts putting into perspective no. this episode that uh, it's about death. We have seen or already. I mean, we have seen Regina being buried, and now then we saw Katrina's death, then we see Peter's death. So yeah, I mean, people are like falling like flies in this one.
2: Yeah, I I think this yeah this concludes her arc in this episode, and uh, but yeah I mean it was probably the most uh, engaging or brutal, triggering, traumatic. I mean you f- you feel so many emotions while watching this arc unfold in this episode, but I'm glad. Uh, with the way it ended I mean not in terms of not in not from Peter's uh, perspective but from uh, Elizabeth's perspective it was uh, a
3: good end Yeah,
0: man like I think I think she's one of the like bigger victims in the show and like it doesn't get talked about enough because like uh, I think even Helga is very Helge is also a big victim of this because in both in both worlds he's not, not really a very Smart guy, but uh, even after even after that uh, disability, I don't know what's the right word. But even after that, he gets his head bashed in. And in the case of Elizabeth, she loses her mother. She uh, she loses her mother. She loses her sister. Now she loses her father. In the future, she also loses her daughter. I mean, like she <laughs> her life is really very sad. And so it's not a surprise when we see her leading a militia in the in the original adams world
2: yeah uh i think i have like a tad bit of uh a more sympathetic feeling towards elizabeth because yeah of course helge went through so many bad experiences but uh, he like at, at a very young age he had already lost that sort of mental capacity to grasp whatever he was going through uh, but Elizabeth, of course, she was in her right senses. She was, she was with a sane mind. So I think uh, that it would have been so much more difficult for her to be in her state and uh, to grasp everything that she went through.
0: I think yeah, that that sums up this uh, this arc. I think there's only one arc left now, uh, not that of Martha and oh, James, no, no, no. Uh, or Amanda. Claudia. Oh yeah, sorry, Claudia. Claudia's arc, you can you should take the lead.
1: Uh, yeah, so. It's 25th September 2020, and we see our uh, middle aged Claudia with police station. She hears noise and uh, she lifts up a rod and sneaks in to, to find a same middle aged version of herself. Uh, but she's a little well dressed. She is neat. She looks neater. And uh, this is where, this is the first this is the first instance of Claudia realizing or being told that there exists an alternate world. Uh, there exists, uh, another player called Eva, who is like the complete opposite or the rival of Adam from that world. And she's in front of that. And, uh, and the, the alternate Claudia from Eva's world says that I am the light and I am here to uh, guide you into light. Adam is the, Adam is the shadow. And there are two forces out there for supremacy in time travel, light and shadow, Eva's side and Adam's side. And, uh, so this, this middle aged Claudia that we know, so she uh, f- uh, I mean going back to uh, her origins, so she ended up killing her own father by mistake, Aegon Tiderman. and then at that point Jonas walks in with the time machine and he tells her everything about what is happening in the world and the time machine. So she has been initiated into her quest by, by young Jonas. Uh, and alternate Claudia tells her that you think that you can you can trust uh, Jonas, but you cannot. Uh, and uh, he will end up becoming uh, Adam and he'll end up trying to destroy both the worlds. And this, this uh, Adam's world, Claudia thinks that uh, Jonas is dead, like, but alternate Claudia tells her that no, he isn't. And, uh, and mid, uh, again, middle age Claudia says that I was told by Jonas that if you try to change uh, one component or like, like what I'll do to, to uh, quote. What uh, Jonas said: We will change a grain of sand to make a significant change. It's like it's like the butterfly effect. Uh, Krishna from science, gate That you try to change a little element, and that will that will cascade into a bigger effect into a future. So Jonas, Jonas that's what Jonas told this the, this young Jonas told middle-aged Claudia that if we try to change a grain of sand, we will be able to change something in the future. But middle-aged, sorry, the alternate Claudia tells her. It was actually your older version who who this to, uh, to young Jonas. This is actually a positive feedback loop. So it's actually coming back from you because the the, the young Jonas who led middle-aged Claudia into this quest was himself uh, trained or like he himself he spent a lot of time with uh, the older Claudia or we can say we can say with the white devil and. Uh, yeah. Then alternate Claudia says that uh, Jonas opened the passage in 19 uh, in uh, 2020, and the older Jonas closed it in 2019, which was the end of the first season. And uh, after it had been opened for the first time in the summer of 1986, so that alludes to the nuclear accident that happened in 1986 at the plant. And she says that in all the three times there was a cesium residue left behind, and it was a component of the black black matter. And this expands uh, or decays in exponentially in infinitium So she says that uh, the, past, the the reason the path was created because of the presence of this dark matter or because of these incidents or, uh, or uh, accidents. And uh, this this must keep on going till uh, eternity. And uh, so this has to back. This has to everything has to happen again. And Jonas has to like in twenty nineteen again bring the matter back into the passage and uh like like the the opening of the drums which triggered the apocalypse I mean that dark matter was also uh generated in the 1986 experiment right At 1986 when the accident happened burned Doctor covered it all up he put the drums in the in the caves which were later discovered when Claudia took took over the plant and uh, from then that she she sealed a, she sealed a door there and she hid it and then Alexander kept playing around with it. He sometimes he sent it away in the truck when he had a fear that there would be an investigation on the, at the on the plant grounds. So this, I mean, she explains her sort of like how this dark matter is actually uh, is actually influencing all the time travel and stuff. And uh, also, I think uh, alternate Claudia gives Claudia the our Claudia the triquetra, not diary. Now, interesting thing to note here is that at the end of fourth episode, we see that uh, the middle-aged three-gen guy, he finishes writing something up in the diary, and he closes it in a manner as if it is done, or it has been completed, or whatever that was supposed to be written in it was completed. So I think it is that diary which Eva sends to alternate Claudia to this middle-aged Claudia, that same triquetron or that same has, I mean, that has the notes or maybe maybe the time traveler or working on the portal or maybe the incidents that happen in the future so that she can know when they will happen or so that they, she can allow those incidents to happen. And alternate Claudia says that Adam can never be allowed to untie the knot and you have to help us, you have to help the side of the shadow. Sorry, the side of the light to to uphold the knot. You have to lead them: Jonas, Noah, Elizabeth, and uh, you have to lead Jonas. And then at some point in future, you have to defy him again so that we can preserve the knot. And you can do all you can in your world, and I will do in my in my world. And alternate Claudia then says that when Claudia asks that, what should I do? Uh, what when should I know, and what should I? Know? I mean, when would I know what I should have to do? So what Claudia said, put in the diary, and uh, we will meet again in the future. So yeah, after that, after this uh, alternate Claudia.
0: Yeah, for like, for the listeners uh, listening, I think that TL the TLDR version of this is that like, alternate Claudia basically hires the original Claudia to maintain the loop. That's it. Okay, Akash, you can come in
2: now. Yeah, so of course, our uh, dark enthusiast has spoken very thoroughly and very rightly on this scene. Uh, So uh, I think, you know, uh, Adam has been trying to break the cycle or break this loop. And uh, over here, Uh, Claudia from uh, Eva's world comes and tells uh, Claudia from Adam's world that uh, the cesium that they leave behind, cesium particles that they leave behind every time they travel, uh, that grows exponentially over an infinite time scale. So in a way, that is working exactly opposite to what uh, Adam really wishes to do, that is to break the cycle. But this, in a way, is actually continuing it. And uh, so yeah, I mean, even alt Claudia's main purpose was to maintain this knot, uh, so that is why she came here.
0: I think we should head to the final arc of this episode now.
3: It's Jonas yes. and Martha, yeah.
0: Yes, we are in Eva's world now, and this is twenty twenty or is this this is twenty nineteen?
1: Right? 7th November twenty
0: nineteen. So yeah, we are we are in seventh November twenty nineteen, and we see Jonas Jonas and Martha wake up after. After they had made love last night, and Yona Yona seems very Yona seems very uh uncomfortable or awkward, like like all the guys do, and uh, <laughs> they they then then she then he <laughs> tells her to get dressed, uh, and because they have something important to do at the nuclear power plant, and when they head downstairs, Katrina is there, and she she very she very worried because uh, she had thought that uh. She because she had spent the last day, uh, last entire day searching for, uh, searching for Martha because she thought she had like she had been kidnapped or she had disappeared. But uh, and she asks Martha where she had been, but Martha doesn't doesn't really answer her question, but she just goes goes and hugs uh, Katharina and like tells her to tells her to not worry. And there there's some tears tear flowing down her cheek or something and then they and then both of them leave the leave the house and then they go to the uh, they go to the nuclear power plant they cut the fence of the power plant and go inside and first jonas goes and then martha goes but while she is entering through the cut fence there she gets a scratch on her on her cheek the same kind of scratch that we had seen on the martha that goes to rescue uh, jonas back in season 2 and I think that's where all the pictures start clicking, uh, start falling into place for Jonah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I think I I will just go back to the scene of uh, with Katharina where like she hugs her and like tears flow down her cheeks. So I think that is an acknowledgement of the fact that she has bought into what she was told uh, by by the by. Middle-aged uh, Martha from the alternate world, that uh, this is all about to go down and uh, and that this world is actually going to end in two days, and she knows that my mother will probably die in two days. So yeah, I mean, so so that is that is an, that is uh, an acknowledgement of that fact, and uh, yeah, I mean, as they as they head into the power plant, Jonas realizes that maybe again everything is happening the way it has always it it always has and again i have listened to some some person who is just ordering me around and do this and do that and maybe what i do will do nothing and things will just go down the same way as they always as they always have
2: yeah so uh when he sees that cut on martha's cheek so I think that time his, uh, ever present impulse that he wants to, uh, break the cycle kicks in very thinks that, okay, uh, this, this happened, I saw Martha in this state when she came to save me. So, uh, of course that if, if I go, uh, in the nuclear plant and uh, do whatever I'm supposed to do, I'm gonna just, uh, let the cycle continue as it is. And I, I of course he wants to break the cycle. So yeah, I think this impulse of his that he he wants to change uh, the time loop or the cycle has put him in loads of trouble, and I think we can build upon this uh, in the next part of this arc.
0: Jonas is visibly very angry right now, and uh, he tells he tells Martha that they need to go back to see Eva and ask her why why she has been lying to them, why she has been lying to him particularly because the way this uh, the way this is going on right now Jonas realizes that maybe they are not there to prevent the apocalypse from happening but maybe they are there to maybe they are the catalyst that kicks off the apocalypse and that's why they need to go they need to go back and confront Eva and that's what and that's what they do. But like that's when Martha intervenes and Martha says to her that like while but uh, that's when Martha realizes that jonas Jonas doesn't really want to be there with her. he wants to be with uh with his Martha, the original Martha, and she questions whether what they had is not real, whether what they whether the love they made last night was not real and if she if he wants to give it all up to go and save his world and i think I think from Jonas's action it's clear that he wants to save his world.
2: Yeah, also he believes that uh, he he is actually non-existent in this world and he has traveled from his own world. So even that plays on his mind that uh, I have absolutely no uh, right, I wouldn't say right, but uh, there's absolutely no role or no meaning of him being in this world. So even that part uh, plays in his mind that, of course, uh, he doesn't want to leave Martha. But in the grand scheme of things, it might mean that his existence in this world should actually be void.
1: Uh, yeah, obviously. And uh, like, like I have said uh, uh, again and again uh, in this podcast, that this has happened a lot with Jonas in, in this, in, in this uh, uh, series, that he tries to change something and he's not able to. And he's actually uh, making, making all that stuff happen. Uh, so he, again he, this time he really thinks that this time I should really stop. Maybe what, what if I was the reason to cause that accident and, uh, he just wants to go back. To, he just doesn't really want to obey anyone anymore. He just wants to have some sort of agency over his own life.
0: I think someone should have told Jonas that believe all women, except if they are named Hannah, Claudia and Eva. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so yonas so and Jonas and martha head into the portal back again so that they couldn't they can go back they can go to the future and uh, they go to the future and then they I will, I, will
1: interrupt. I will interrupt here i i don't think they are going to future here they are staying in 2019 because we do not see dilapidated uh eva's office plus i think her her base camp or her office is inside, somewhere inside that cave underground, I think. Like, uh, that Pink Mundus Creatus, those, those headquarters are in, at the basement of that church that we see. Uh, in, in case of Eva, I think her headquarters are inside the cave and, and, uh, yeah. So they don't go into the future. They, they remain in 2019, but they go into the cave because that's where, that's where their portal is also is. I mean, the portal which Eva is controlling. And uh, and her office too.
0: Yeah. But like, if if the portal exists uh, during that time, wouldn't it have been discovered while the police were investigating the caves or something?
1: I mean, the, those caves were shown to be very complicated, right? I mean, they were detailed maps. If if you didn't know your way, if you didn't have a have a map, it was even difficult to discover the door of Edith uh, Lux or Sigmundus Kriatus. So I am of the opinion that uh, there was some secret passageway which you won't know without having a, a, a good inside-out understanding of those caves.
0: Uh, that that's an interesting point, uh, Akash. What what do you make of it?
1: Yeah, uh,
2: that is that is what I think as well. And if I'm not wrong, even in the previous episodes, we've seen. Uh, Jupiter's meeting Eva uh, in her uh, office or lair or whatever. And uh, when he has left that place, I think we've cut into scenes where after that he's leaving a yeah. cave, if I'm not That's wrong. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, was is right. It is uh, in the cave or beneath the cave.
0: Yeah, like me, yeah. It seems like I missed it because I always assumed that maybe they had traveled to future. But yeah, anyway, we we see them we see them going entering into the entering into Eva's office, and that's where they confront Eva. Vaz, why don't you take this?
1: Eva enters and says that everything begins over again. So that kind of uh, that kind of signals to the fact that she was expecting uh, Jonas and Martha to come back, despite her telling Jonas to go to that care, to that plant or to prevent the apocalypse. I mean, it was actually it was actually middle aged Martha who told them in 2052 in the previous episode that you have to go to the nuclear power plant and you have to kill the thing now this eva who is the future version of that woman obviously, so she says that okay everything begins o- o- over again and because she, that middle age martha would have been told by her future self so jonas so jonas comes back and says that you lied and you said that we could save both worlds but we can say save only one or is that a lie too? because if you remember in the previous episode uh, the middle-aged Martha contradicted Eva. Eva had initially told Jonas that we can save both the worlds. Then, middle-aged Martha, what I what I who I prefer to call a stranger, so she told uh, Jonas that no, it's not possible to save both the worlds. It's possible to save only one, and you should prefer to save this one because this world has Martha, and you have seen what becomes of you in that world. And uh, in this world, you the two of you are not impossible. So Jonas just asked her that. Uh, what, what, did, what, whatever you told me was that, uh, was that, uh, was that a Uh, and, uh, also Ma- when they walk into that office, Martha asks Jonas, what is this place? And Jonas says that this is what will become of you. This is, this is, uh, who you will be in the future. And uh, so Jonas says that, okay, now I want to just go back into my world. Uh, and right now, uh, this Jonas has no means of traveling into the, into his own world because he doesn't have that device. And Eva says that, uh, of course, you want to go back, but there is no way back for you. And uh, Eva then again goes on to repeat what Adam says in the second second season that a human life, human uh, life, a human being has three lives. The first one ends with the loss of the AVT, The second one ends with the loss of innocence, and the third one ends with the loss of life itself. And your life ends here now. And then stranger or the middle-aged Martha walks in, uh, which shocks Adam, uh, Jonas obviously, because now he. Probably realizes that the both of them are colluding together, and Eva says that you have accomplished what you have sent into this world for, and obviously that was to conceive the three Jungai. Uh, that part has that part has now been done, and uh, Martha and Martha says that we have not accomplished anything, and you you said that we have to stop the apocalypse. The barrels are in the power plant, uh, but middle age Ma- Martha says that you will understand it when the time it, when it is time for you to understand. I mean, she's just talking. To her younger or her past self, because she must have been in the same position this Martha was, and uh, then a later version of alternate Martha walks in, and uh, who has a fresh scar across her face? I mean, th- th- this this to this Martha, this 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 alternate Martha that walks in, she has the same age as the alternate Martha who is just walked in with Jonas. and uh, she no. says sorry to alternate Martha. She is obviously very scared, very nervous. She almost shaking, and then she just shoots Jonas because she has been asked to. And all these three Marthas obviously leave, leave, uh, leave, and then Jonas gives uh, alternate Martha the medallion, the blood stained medallion from his blood stained hand. And this is actually the dream that Martha sees. If you remember, I think at the start of the second episode, when when she wakes up and she sees a lot of things, she sees her own blood stained hands. He sees the bloodstained, uh, uh, St. Christopher's medallion. So that is what Jonas give, gives to Martha before he apparently dies. And she says that uh, he will make it right. And it's quite a, uh, ironical not ironical, I mean, it's a beautiful scene that he dies right in the middle of that family tree uh, on top of the origin where uh, like everything is going.
2: Yeah, I think over here, uh, Eva, she played a classic 4D press move. Where, uh, of course, it was like it was a proper plot twist and uh, when Jonas came back to confront her, it I mean, we realized that uh, Eva wanted this to happen all along. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that was, uh, I wouldn't say surprising, but that was uh, a pretty good plot twist that we got to see. And, uh, I think the sympathy score in this, uh, part of our series is pretty high. Uh, we were talking about Elizabeth, uh, we spoke about Helge and, uh, we have to come back <laughs> to Jonas on this as well. Like we spoke about this probably in uh, the third part of the series that we are really sympathetic towards him. Uh, so again, yeah, over here again, I felt really bad for him because he is going through so many things over two different worlds without having, uh a great amount of idea that about what's happening so yeah I felt really bad uh, to see this sort of end in Jonas uh, for Jonas in this world
0: but, but did you did you guys see it coming like what was going to happen to him because for me it came like out of nowhere I, I couldn't have predicted that they were going to kill him off
1: Yeah, uh, I, especially in that fashion I mean obviously I didn't see it coming because we know that there exists a stranger. There exists an Adam. So, like Jonas couldn't possibly die right now. So that yeah. was very shocking for me. And I, I, that's why I say that very really apparently died. I mean, I was still. I mean, I'm not sure at the end of this episode that uh, if if Jonas has actually died. Because if he dies, then how come stranger is still in existence or
3: uh,
1: or uh, Adam is still in existence? But that 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 mystery is really resolved in the next episode. But yeah, till this point, I mean, this was a great shock. And this, this is the third major death of this, this uh, episode. I mean, summing up the theme of life and death. The, th- the third death, and the most important death, I would say. I mean, Jonas himself dying, and again, it's like for Martha. Now it's for Martha, who is being sent down a different path.
0: And I think, I yeah, think I think that the Martha, the Martha who killed uh, Jonas. Uh, is wearing the clothes that the Martha who was with Adam was wearing, like the Martha in 2053 was wearing.
1: I guess, yeah. I, wait, wait, so the version of Martha who is with Adam right now, so she was the one who, she was the one mm-hmm. who saved Jonas. And then she yeah. went to nine, then she went to 1888 on uh, Adam's coercion, I think. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she came back to, then she came back to Adam in, in, a. Uh, in 18 in 2053 i think we will be able to resolve this in the next couple of episodes
0: yeah I, I don't really i don't really get how uh she came to work for adam because like that is that is still very confusing for me because how did she come to play yeah. for both sides Or so maybe that was that was eva's plan all along
1: i i think i this i, I think this will be resolved at the end of six episode six uh, episode don't worry yeah this was resolved at six yeah. episode yeah if you remember what happened in the, sixth, in the end of the sixth episode, we obviously cannot talk about it because that would be spoiler. But if you remember what happened in the end of the sixth episode, you will realize how this this Martha came into... Adam's
2: service uh no I yeah in fact I was just saying uh, like we were discussing about how uh, Jonas's death was very surprising yeah I mean it took me by surprise as well but uh, I mean the way Jonas and Martha they left the nuclear power plant and uh, they went back to Eva's lair or office uh, I think yeah that had the a hint you know that i mean it, it really cannot be that easy that uh, he he just understood that okay he needs to do something to break the cycle and he just uh, doesn't go to the power plant and goes back to us and uh, that would probably mark a shift in the loop or it would make things right that just didn't sit right, right with me as well i thought that yeah there something was gonna happen over there and yeah this happened
3: <laughs>
0: What a what a great way to end the episode, right? I mean, like yeah, that, that yeah, amongst the biggest cliffhangers, <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: definitely. And, yeah. and I think uh, one thing that we missed out is that we always discuss the montage, the the pre-final scene montage. In yeah. this in this episode, it was um, the me- montage which shows the medallion near the lake after Katharina's death. And then we see old Ulrich waiting in the asylum, near the asylum door for Kathleen at 1035. And that was a very, very sad thing for me. I mean, despite the yeah. kind of asshole Ulrich is, I always like that character. I always have some sort of experiment. It's like really, really sad. And now then you realize that, okay, this is the fate of this character. And I don't think it's going to get any better. He'll just die of old age in this asylum. of, and uh, alternate Charlotte sees alternate Ulrich. Uh, is not in his office i mean she has obviously come to the office after her confrontation with peter um, young charlotte comes back to Stana House shop after her interaction with uh, young peter young peter we see arriving at doctor cabin uh, we yeah. see, and at the same time we see that, that, uh, that, that peter is shown so like we see the life and death we we see the beginning of peter's life in winter and his ultimate uh, ultimate fate um, alternate Peter we see is shown with Elizabeth sleeping on the sofa and uh, Elizabeth then goes to the cave to Noah, and Claudia starts reading the dead. That's where the montage. last
2: uh, Yeah. I, yeah. In fact, I was going to discuss about this, you know, because I love the fact that they've chosen uh, the perfect music for uh, these last few oh. segments in each episode. Where, uh, as I had said before, it offers a, a sort of a summary uh, into what we saw and the arcs that we witnessed in the episode. So yeah, I think the the ending was amazing to a brilliant episode.
0: Uh, I I'd like to go back to a point that uh, Vaz made. Like, uh, you you said that uh, Martha had already had already dreamt of uh, seeing Jonas in a pool of blood back in. Uh, Back in uh, one of the episodes and I think uh, I was I was wondering whether this is something like we see Mayushi doing in uh, Steins Gate, whether she keeps uh, dying, but like she has a a residual memory of all those experiences. I wonder whether this also played a part into this or and whether this is
1: actually written into
0: the time travel literature out there.
1: Uh, so yeah, I think I think we just we just got a little confused there. So the Martha that we see waking up in uh, uh, in episode two, uh, who sees all these dreams, this is the same Martha who has witnessed Jonas's death. So yeah. this is the Martha who, is, who was recruited by first Jonas, and then she is recruited by Adam, and then after Adam has recruited her, she goes into 1888, and then she sees that dream and wakes up in in her bed. So the dream that she saw. With uh, the dream that she saw about, like uh, the bloodied coat and the and the bloodied medallion and all that stuff, washing her hands vigorously. So that is actually from that is actually from her own experience, and it's not a a, a memory of a future or a deja vu or a memory of a past life. And uh, yeah, talking about Mayuri, I I hope she didn't see any of those dreams. I mean, she's just uh, too innocent and too pure to too, too traumat- too be traumatized like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we. I think we should urge all our listeners to go check out *Steins Gate* because it is an amazing time travel show, and yeah, similar similar to *Dark*, they have really done it well. They have covered the concepts of time travel really well. Yeah, I,
2: mean, I can already imagine one of our close friends booing at this point.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, uh, I think we should we should get back to the rating of the show. So, what would, what would you guys rate it out of ten?
1: Akash, do you want to go first?
2: <laughs> no, sure. Sorry, I was waiting for you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I I usually refrain from giving a perfect score to most episodes, <laughs> but this is like very near to perfection because it has uh, two of my absolute favorite scenes in the show. So, uh, I guess I'd rate it a solid nine point five out of ten.
3: Yes, huh? sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I go I
0: for hope, it? I'll go ahead. I'll go. Okay. The, I'd give it eight point five. I think eight point five would be fair because I mean it is it is a great episode and they wrapped it up uh, really well and they showed how trying to change the time like trying to change the events that had already occurred or trying to change past has time uh, has consequences and they really nailed it down in this episode. So yeah, I think eight point five. 8.5 is a decent score
1: okay i i'll i'll go with uh, somewhere in the middle of both of you I, i'll i'll go with a 9 it's a solid nine episode i think uh, things move very fast in this episode we are finally it seems like we are finally moving towards uh, towards our, uh, our our climax of the of this entire season and the show uh, a lot of important deaths happen a lot of uh, arcs are tied tied and tied together i would say and uh, there is no more world building, and then this stuff is actually happening. So yeah, for me, it's a solid nine episode. Just because of uh, all the stuff that happened.
0: we can we can see now that the intensity and the pacing of the show has increased quite a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So, yeah, think, so what what were your expectations heading into this episode? Like, what had you expected before the episode even started?
2: yeah i i expected uh, a lot of fireworks or i mean a lot of things to happen because the name of the episode itself is very enticing you know life and death mm-hmm. so yeah of course i expected a lot of movement to happen because for the first three or four episodes also we had seen them uh like almost going beyond the tipping point in terms of uh fast movement in the story. So there had to be, I mean, something had to give in this episode and it did.
1: I mean, fourth episode ended with the bombshell that actually it is, uh, Adam and uh, Eva or Jonas and Martha, who are, who are the creators of these four, you can say creators of these four families or the, or the, or the, or, the, or the, I mean, the parent of the entire, entire, entire family tree. So mm-hmm. this, yeah. this, this episode is finally, we start, we start seeing a direct confrontation between the both of them. I mean, they start trying to pull players onto their side. Claudia says that this, there is light and there is shadows are trying to fight over time travel and you have to fight on our side. Uh, Eva, 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 we see Eva deceiving, uh, deceiving Jonas and, uh, Martha finally realizing that, uh, yeah, this, this Eva was just trying to fool us and uh and adam is also like adam also is like uh like he says that he has he's putting all the all the play all the pieces in his place all the players in their place he is sending he is sending charlotte in, into the into the future or in the past whatever. and uh he's trying to play the game now so yeah i mean we we see the direct confrontation between the two between the two groups now in this episode yeah
0: yeah. Now, now that we have already seen the episode, otherwise I would have asked what are your, <laughs> what are your predictions for the next episode. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a great point to end this episode on. Uh, see you guys next time, and this is a signing off. Great to have you both again. Yeah. Thanks for
3: having.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having.